My name is Jillian Mulderick and you're listening to Pitbull's Fast Pitch Podcast. This episode has actually been inspired by an Instagram live that I was recently watching of one of New Jersey's own indoor facility training places and the athlete that was speaking was a former Division I player and she was commenting on what it's like to be done with the game and I definitely went through, it was funny, some similar similar experiences myself when the game was over for me and I thought that would be a great thing to kind of share, shed some light on to those families that are just getting the softball bug <laughs> and starting to get into this culture that softball has. It's unique in itself and it's just a huge network of people. And so what is it like though as an athlete when that game that you are so accustomed to and becomes imprinted on your weekend schedule like no sorry I'm busy I have softball. (laughs) What is it like when that finally comes to an end at whatever level that is? And for me the game kind of came to an end as as an athlete for me at the end of my college career so I was lucky enough to go on be recruited and play collegiately and I was a four-year starter so I got to play my entire career out from freshman year to senior year which is incredible and an experience that I will never take for granted and kind of shaped me as I tell people all the time shaped me as a person from those life lessons I learned so but when I was done competing It was a very uncomfortable situation to be in. And I still remember the day, the exact time where it kind of hit me that my season was about to end. And we were playing in the NJAC tournament and my college program was nationally ranked a few times while I was at the university. And we were already NJAC champions. We went to regionals. We were runner-up at regionals. So we were very competitive. So we were used to being at at these tournaments at the college level and being successful and competing. And we were playing a game, and I'll never forget when TCNJ knocked us out and we were down by, I think it was six runs or five runs, like it was a substantial amount of runs. And we were doing everything we could to fight through, but there would be these little sniffles in the dugout and we would suck it back in. We'd be like, stop crying, the game's not over, let's go. But we kind of felt it coming to a close. And it was surreal. It was like, wow, like that was the game that ended my entire career. Our postseason play is done. So it was my senior year. I'm like, now, now what? (laughs) And talking to some of my friends that went to different schools and different universities, our one really good family friend, she opted to be recruited to and was recruited to Penn State. And that's the main campus. And when Penn State athletes actually finish, because there is such a culture of athletics at Penn State University, but when they finish their athletics career, they actually take an exit course that kind of talks about the sports psychology of life after you're done competing athletically. And it's required of those athletes to take that course their senior year to sort of prepare them for what's next. Because if you are an athlete in today's world, this is something that you kind of wake up, live, breathe, sweet, like sleep and sweat about, dream about, nightmares and good dreams. So it it becomes a kind of a part, a huge part of your identity as a human being an athlete. So when that's over, there is going to be that sort of who am I now questioning that goes on for anybody that, that 
becomes that competitive in athletics. And again, for me, I jumped right into the only other sports that I could possibly find. So um, when I finished my college career, I started by playing in women's leagues, fast pitch leagues that were local. And I met a lot of amazing people through my playing in those leagues. However, it wasn't the same exactly as playing collegiately. So the feeling that you get when you're a college athlete and you're going to war and you're stepping on a battlefield with your, your family and your teammates, that couldn't be copied or replicated again for me in these women's fast pitch leagues, which I wish they were. And not to say some of the games weren't competitive because some of them were. And it was, it was great. It was an awesome time. It was fun. But it was just a totally different animal from going from structured competition to these women's leagues where it was players coming from all over, running from job to jump in middle, like changing in the dugout. Um, so it was a d definitely a different animal and it didn't kind of satisfy that itch or that craving that I had to be a competitor. And when you graduate college, I was young. I went straight through four years full time to, to graduate in four years. So I was only 23 years old when I graduated and I finished becoming an athlete. So that's very young looking back on it. I'm, I'm still shocked about that I, 10 years ago I graduated because to me it just feels like yesterday in some points but I could never kind of replicate that same adrenaline rush that I would get in competitions so I had to go seek it elsewhere and again I started with those women fast pitch leagues it's actually how I started reconnecting with some of my friends from high school that were former athletes as well and they were finishing their division their college careers in football and basketball and they were going through the same struggle and it, it came out that we should just start boxing so that's what I did I started boxing it was competitive it was a great workout um, I learned a lot as a coach through my experience as a boxer and then I actually competed in MMA so I trained in Muay Thai and Jiu Jitsu and and that athletic element that I was that I needed that competition getting ready for a fight that finally got back to me so that's how I went about my experience now when I was listening to this podcast earlier the one coach mentioned that she got when she was done her athletic career it was coaching on the sidelines that brought her back into the game and I have to say that that absolutely helps as well for me so I think that I cope with a lot of that that missing component of being competitive and being an athlete by trying to instill that into my athletes itself as a coach so it definitely helps but any former athlete will tell you it is not the exact same thing it's different it's amazing it's incredible to be a coach on the sidelines but it just doesn't satisfy that that I'm a competitor sort of feeling that kind of leaves a void in you when you're done athletics and so for all of my former athletes that are listening to this podcast and feel the same way, I'd love to hear from you. And I want you to know that you're not alone because I remember feeling kind of lost when my athletic career was done. Like I was trying other things. I, had a, I, I still had to go to my graduate studies, so I was waiting on that. And it wasn't like I was just sitting there with idle hands. I was keeping myself very busy, but there was definitely something missing that I didn't recognize would impact me in the way that it did. So to my former athletes, you're not alone. <laughs> I've been through it as well. 
and you can try to experiment. Well, now's the time to maybe pick up a new sport. That's something that I always try to encourage with my coaching staff that come out of their college careers as athletes and then take on the role as a, as a coach. I'm like, hey, now's the time to try to challenge yourself to learn something new. I've taken or, um, golfing lessons before I, just to see if I could get competitive in golf. I've done tennis. So it is kind of cool. It's liberating that you get to experiment and find a different route for you. Um, and then again, always giving back on the sidelines as a coach and trying to continuously nurture this game to be more and more competitive with more firsthand experience as a former athlete now trying to translate that information to the athletes themselves. So I highly encourage those that are looking for something to get involved in to try coaching because it, it truly did change my life and I do love where I am as a coach and an instructor now. But there's a little insight on what happens when you are done, when you're done playing, when the game's done playing. And in today's world, so today is 2021, and I graduated 10 years ago, so that's crazy for me to say. I graduated in 2011 from college. That's when I finished my um, collegiate career as a senior. So 10 years ago, we were kind of having the same conversation we are right now about the Women's Professional League. And I, I think in 10 years, there just hasn't been enough movement because the same conversations I was having with my coach and my teammates 10 years ago about the future of women's professional fast pitch is kind of stalemated. So it's kind of, and I know if you have been following the industry and the things that they've tried, um, a lot of things have not been as successful as projected, which kind of hurt the growth of the league itself. But yes, there is a women's national professional league that you can involved in. Professional play in other countries is becoming increasingly popular of an option for our graduates out of um, the United States of America that play at the highest level in the Division I um, level and make it to the Collegiate World Series. So international play has always been an op option as well. And in terms of why I say there hasn't been enough progress, one professional athlete in, in that who does play um, for a, another country but did, is a United States citizen, she just recently tweeted that her professional contract salary is less than the Bat Boy salary for the New York Yankees. And the, the Bat Boys can range in age, can still be minors. And so their salary that kind of ranges around eight grand for the year is still more than those women that are playing professionally making about five or six grand in a stipend for the entire year. So that disparity, we do need to close that gap. We got to do better in finding a way to, because in my honest opinion, in 2011, when me and my teammates were watching the, the College World Series and talking about the future of professional fast pitch, I kind of feel like we're in exactly the same place that we are 10 years later, saying the same exact things and having the same conversation without there being any call to action to try to fix and resolve that problem. This game is becoming increasingly popular and we know that the College World Series even has been played over some of the MLB network games in times and a lot of the other collegiate sports. So I think that we need to kind of band together and start supporting. If you're listening to this podcast, that means you love this game. So start taking teams out to see local local teams play. 
local professional teams that are right in their major cities in the country, or even streaming some of those games internationally online for your athletes to watch, let them know it does exist. And the more interest that we can get, the stronger we can make this professional league so that it can be a counterpart to the male leagues that exist right now professionally. So that is a goal uh, as us as female athletes. We want to see that happen. So I hope that I can call some of those listeners out there to support the professional league in any way they can, even sharing information about it and just posting about upcoming games so our athletes can tune in, can help. So hopefully you guys take that so that our little girls growing up, they can have a future after college and say, hey, it's on my agenda to play professionally and I'm going to be able to afford my life when when that clock starts running on my professional career as well. All right, so... Thank you guys for listening and for sharing our podcast. We use this to help raise funds for our nonprofit. I did update you guys on our total funds raised from our podcast. We raised a whopping $4.27. And in a nonprofit budget, I say that every single penny helps. You wouldn't believe how far we can stretch four bucks. It actually covers a lot of the transaction fees for our tuition payments. So it's awesome. Um, but please share our podcast. We'd love to hear from you. You can always shoot me an email with ideas at Jillian at pitbullsfastpitch.com. And other than that, stay safe this spring while all the teams are getting outside to start competing. Wash your hands, hand sanitize, social distance, wear a mask, do all the things to keep our season intact and for our girls to keep playing. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening, guys.